Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Today's guest is someone that I have known for longer than either of us care to admit. Which, it's a true story, she's saying, true story. We have been, been at the same places a number of times professionally and have lived to tell the tale. It is Debbie Matinopoulos. If you don't know, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown. Youngest co-host of The View at its inception in, which I can't believe, 1997, has worked the Insider Entertainment Tonight, Good Day Live, TV Guide, E, and the Hallmark Channel, Home and Family. You've written a wonderful cookbook, which we're going to talk about. And most importantly, you are a mom to a little girl, Alexandra. And a little munchkin. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Melissa. I wish I could reach through and hug you I right now. I know, I know. I mean, when I look at this list, I think, dear God, we're survivors. <laughs> oh dear my God, God. I mean, we have known each other for so long. Like, there are things that we probably can't say here, but we go back to the Jessica Mizells and the Lindsay Lohans and the. Yes. I mean, Back, I mean, back, that's got to be, if Cooper's 21. I couldn't believe when you said that to me. I mean, we're close to 30 years. Yeah, close to 30 years. That's wild. I have chills. Me too. Okay, oh we're not, we're not, we're going to pretend it's only 10. I have so Please. many things I've never asked you. And when I was writing well, this interview. Camera. Yeah, I, but when I was writing this interview, I thought, God, I couldn't answer these questions. What were you doing at age 22? That you even got to do an interview for The View. Okay, you ready for this? This yep. is what's, okay, first of all, I was a production assistant at MTV. Oh, by the I way, and I was it. at MTV. I forgot that we I were know. both there. Jesus. I know. <laughs> I mean, literally, we've lived parallel lives. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly. Yeah. We were at every single, every single place, every single party, every single event together always. Um, well, I was working at MTV as a PA. And a friend of mine, this was in New York, he wanted to be a, um, he wanted to, to be like a, a news person on, on television and he couldn't break into the New York market. So he finally got a gig in Iowa. So he was going to Iowa, no joke, to be a weatherman. So this was like a huge deal. Huge deal. Huge deal for him. Okay. He was friends with all the fancy people in New York City. Calvin Klein happened to be one of them. So he had his going away party at Calvin Klein's house uptown. Now I am this broke as a joke production assistant from MTV, but I know really cool people. And my roommate and I are like, okay, let's go, you know, wish him well and celebrate him because this is his last hurrah in New York. Well, and get to see, wait, and get to see Calvin Klein's house. Um, Exactly. So we're going uptown. I mean, I had saved all my money from my production um, assistant salary of $75 a day. (laughs) No joke. (laughs) Living in New York. I could have gotten, I was eligible for government cheese. Let's be real clear. Right. And by the way, if people don't understand and they talk about minimum wage and all these things that do not exist in our business. No. They don't care. They're like, you're lucky to be here. You should be paying us. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, but by the way, would walk home. I lived on Bleecker and Mercer and would walk home 45 blocks from Times Square where, where MTV was just so I could save the subway money so I could go to the club that weekend or buy an outfit. So, because priorities. 
priorities, obviously. So I had just gotten this chocolate brown outfit from head to toe from like, I think Rampage or something, girl. So I'm wearing it because chocolate was the new the black, new, right. you know, that year. And I walk in, I'm like chatting everyone up. And this guy, James Moore, did you ever meet James? I don't think I so. Think, Maybe. I'm you sure. know James. Big James. If you saw James, you'd be like, oh, yes, of course, James. Right. So I don't know him at that time. He says to me, you there and the chocolate brown from head to toe. I'd love to chat with you. And I said, okay. Meanwhile, pink hair, which did not go well with the chocolate brown. And he said, well, we are casting a show for Barbara Walters bar wall productions called the view from here and we would love for you to come in for an interview just to you know meet barbara and the executive producer bill getty tomorrow um you know just just so we kind of get a feel for you because we're, we're trying to cast different generations and backgrounds and views i'm like okay yeah whatever buddy like really not thinking anything of it did, I'm you, just... did you already want to be an on-air person or still just kind of no idea well, I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. And I, right now I was at MTV. Like that to me was the pinnacle. Right. I had won the lottery. I was dancing at the beach house. I had so much fun. <laughs> I, got to ho- I got to host one of the spring breaks. It was like rock so, on. We were it was so the- cool. I mean, think about our generation. That was the last time MTV was cool. Yeah. The last time. Yeah. And- um, uh, Daisy was there, Daisy Fuentes. I'm still friends with all these people. Bill Bellamy. Oh my gosh, remember Eric Nice? Eric Nice was there. Jenny was there. I always say I call it MTV High because that's where we all started. It was and, like high school. And I was there with Polly, oh John Stewart, the beginning oh. of Tom Green. Um, oh Eric was who I po- who I hosted in, uh, Spring Break with. I did a show with John Stewart. Like that was that whole group. So it was like one group ahead of you. John Norris, Tabitha, John Norris, uh, there, Tabitha and Kurt, and wait, and Kennedy, and Kennedy. Oh my gosh, it was so fun, Melissa. Anyway, so in my mind, I'm like, I don't listen. I am where I want to be, and whatever you know, I'll eventually become a producer, and maybe I'll do on air. But MTV would always put you on air because they didn't. They would literally pull the interns or the PAs because they didn't want to pay anyone, right? And they'd say, "Hey, here's the mic. Just go do something." Yeah. And they're like, "You're already getting paid seventy five dollars. Just go do it. Be right. happy that we gave you a job." Right. Which, by the way, is actually great because it's a great training ground, and they give people all kinds of opportunities. They just can't afford to eat. So anyway, details. So, yeah, that's why my hair was pink. My hair was pink because they'd put me on House of Style with um. It was Daisy then. Yeah. It wasn't, um, it wasn't I know Cindy. That Cindy Crawford did it and Shalom and Amber did it. But anyway, so they, um, they put me on House of Style and Todd Oldham, remember Todd Oldham? Yes. He dyed my hair with Kool-Aid, like the punk rockers back in the day. <laughs> yeah. It, it wouldn't come out. So anyhow, um, I'm like, yeah, whatever. So we're chatting. My roommate starts to chat with James more than me. I kind of go off, do my own thing. And I'm just, you know, mingling at the party. So we get home a little too late. I'm still going to NYU. So the next morning I wake up I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go to school. I got to get to MTV. I don't even shower. Do not shower. Wake up, brush my teeth, brush my hair, put on, get ready for this, okay. a A-line mini skirt, black boots to my knees, a baby tee that says Barbarino on it. John Travolta <laughs> from Welcome Back, Cotter. Face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. That I bought in like on St. in St. Mark's on, you know, on St. Mark's Street in the East Village. Right. 
and um, my hair was still pink, yeah. And my purse was a bowling bag. It was one of the things that I had saved for. It was a Kate Spade bowling bag. Oh, I remember <laughs> all these things. I'm thinking of the outfits. Crazy. I go to school and then I get to work. And because right after school, I'd go to school in the morning, go to work and then go to night school. So I went to MTV and my roommate, you know, hops up in her cubicle because she worked in MTV. She goes, uh, where have you been? They've been calling over here from ABC. And I'm like, wait, what? She goes, they, they're expecting you. You told them you'd be over there at 1130. I'm like, oh my God. I now have to go meet Bill Getty and Barbara Walters in this getup. <laughs> I mean, at MTV, it's okay. Cause that's MTV, but not over there. No. So they, um, <laughs> The person, one of the people that, you know, had like was in charge of the expenses. They're like, you're never making on the subway here. Take our communicar. car. So literally on MTV's bill, they're now like shuttling me up to ABC uptown. I think it's 66th street or yeah. something, but it was like, it wasn't the the studios. It was the actual like proper office building. building right. Okay. Where, where the executives are. So I remember going up on the escalator and thinking and holding this clutch with pink hair and half baby shirt and everybody looking at me like, who is this weirdo? Did someone hire like a singing telegram or something? What is this? So I'm mortified at the looks I'm getting. I get in there. I, I'm sitting there with Bill Getty and then Barbara comes in and they just start asking me questions. They just start saying like, what do you do? What's your background? You know, uh, how long have you been at MTV, et cetera, et cetera. It's not like you could fail. They're just asking you about yourself. Right. I leave there thinking, okay, whatever. I just met Barbara Walters and oh my gosh, I can't wait to go back and tell everybody I met Barbara Walters. Right. That was it. I swear to you, that was the end of how far I thought I would get. And then they call me back and they say, hey, can we um, call your agent or something? And you're like, or your what? Manager. I, I don't have an agent. I mean, they said, can you send your headshot over? I'm like, I don't have a headshot. They send me down to the MTV studios, take a picture of me and that becomes my headshot for them. It was like the MTV elves all came together to sort of like dress me up like Cinderella and get me the job. No joke. Oh, that's so sweet. So it was really sweet. It was really sweet. So I ended up going back, doing this, uh, like, I, it was an audition really at the Essex house. And they had so many people come in there I, over three days. I think it was like 11 or 1200 people had actually, you know, put in to come, but I think it was maybe only 700 or 750 in total. So they had this huge room at the Essex house. And I go back for this taped chemistry test audition thing. And, and who, was, who was with you in the chemistry test? Oh, the original hosts of the show. Holy The people crap. that you saw sitting there yeah. were the first people that sat down. The first people who sat down to do that show were Barbara, Joy, Meredith, myself, and Star. It's crazy. So we, I go in, and at this point, I'm thinking, I'm way in over my head. I should not be doing this. I need to leave. I walked in there. Everybody was famous. Everybody except for me. It was awful. And, I'm, and they're all like, you know, chatting. They'll have friends, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, okay, I've now taken this too far. They're going to shouldn't be here. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. Yeah, they're going to find out I'm a fraud. I need to get the hell out of here. I just, I work at MTV and I'm a kid. And this is, this is enough. The stress level was starting to get too high for me. Then this woman says to me, your mom knows who this woman was too. I actually had a conversation with your mom about it. Oh, I know who it is. She was so mean to me. <laughs> so mean to me. And I was like, I'm just a kid. Like I'm not, she goes, Oh, so who are you? 
I was like, I'm Debbie, I work at MTV. <laughs> she goes, some of you done anything on camera? And I said, well, you know, MTV and Nickelodeon, Viacom, they kind of just take whoever's there and just have, you know, just put you on TV, which is great. And I said, they had me do this one thing one time where I did a kid's show for Nickelodeon. My hair was in pigtails. I kind of ran around New York City and South Street Seaport. And she goes, <laughs> that must be great for a girl's career. <laughs> and everyone started laughing at me. And I went, you know what? God, I'm leaving. So I turned around to walk out. As I'm walking out of the hotel room, Barbara's walking in. I opened the door to see Barbara standing there. She says, oh, baby, I'm so glad you came and guides me back into the room. Had she not been there, this never would have happened. I would have left. Right. I would have just left and gone back to MTV. And then she guides me back into the room. She says, hello, everyone. Thank you all for coming. And now her hands on my shoulder. So it looks like some major nepotism, like she knew me or something. Right. I have zero. Did not know her. So they're like, she says, well, we're now going to do some chemistry tests. And the first group that will sit down will be Debbie, Star, Meredith, and Joy. Let's all go. And that was the first group. And, the, and then after we did like three or four people got it kind of, they would take one out, put one in, take one out, put one in. She was like, okay, my work is done. Literally. She went to the back and said, that's it. We got them. And they did it another 700, however many times. And she said, nope, it was never as good as the first group. Wow. Isn't that wild? What did you call your parents and say when you got the job? Well, for, I thought, I did not think I actually got the job. This was back when, when um, it wasn't voicemail. You still had your, the little recorder. Like, yes. you know what I'm talking about? With the cassette. little mini tape. <laughs> tape, which I still have. I still have her voicemail on this mini tape. I love this. So I get home one day from MTV. So it's like three weeks go by. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they figure out what they're going to do. They're talking to people. Suddenly stars trying to help me. And she's like, you need to get a lawyer. I mean, not a lawyer. You need to get an um, agent. I was like, I don't know, whatever. So she's hooking me up with her people. I said, they have my phone number. They'll just call me. It'll be fine. Like, I don't know how any of this works. So one day I remember being at MTV and thinking, I either have to get a raise. I've got to go ask these people for a raise. Or I got to quit because I can't afford to work here anymore. Like all fun and games aside, all the perks where you get free concert tickets and you get to meet all these people and be in all these cool places. That's great. But I have to pay my rent. I, you know, I can't afford to work here. So I decided, I was like, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask them for a raise to $110. Now mind you, I was making $75. So that was going to be super huge. steep. And I, yeah. That's a huge jump. So I thought maybe if they settled at a hundred, you know, I'd be somewhere. I get home and there is a post on my door from um, Con Edison. <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy, Willis. I can't, I don't think I've ever told this story. That said, you know, you have until 5 p.m. today to pay your thing, come down, here's the address, or your electricity is gonna be cut off. Oh, so I get in, I'm like, oh my God, I'm broke. I need to ask Reese, whether she needs to be cut off. I don't know what time my roommate's coming home, so I need her to help play too. This panic. Yep. Go in the house, like, ah. So I push the answering machine. The little lights blinking. The little lights blinking. I push the answering machine. It's like a message from my mom, whatever, this, this and that one. The third message in is Barbara Walters. 
Oh, baby, it's Barbara Walters. I wanted to be the one to call you to let you know you got the job. We mm. couldn't do it without you. Swear to God, my hand to God, look at me being like the good Greek Orthodox girl. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't believe it. I played it again. I played it again. And then I thought, oh, my friends at MTV who helped me get all, like, you know, all the little elves, they're playing a joke. This isn't really her. Right. They're punking me. I thought I was being punked. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, what do I do? So I called Julie, my roommate, and I said, you have to come home. I can't, I don't know if this is her. I don't know if someone's joking me. I don't want to get all excited. And then it just be a joke from like Matt at work. Okay. She comes home. She's just like, oh my gosh, you dope. Yes, that's Barbara. Of course it's Barbara. Call her back. Call her back. I'm like, panic, panic. I'm like, okay. So I call her back. She's like, oh, we're so excited. We're going to meet for lunch tomorrow, et cetera. I hang up the phone. I sit there. I say, oh, we should celebrate. I go in the refrigerator. I get a bottle of champagne because the only thing in there was really champagne and cheese, to be completely honest with you. The lights turn off. Oh, my God. (laughs) The lights turn off. Because it's past 5 o'clock. Past 5 o'clock. The lights turn off. And we're sitting there drinking champagne in the dark and laughing so hard. And I'm like, what is life? That's an amazing story. Isn't that crazy? That's That's crazy. Did you have, I mean, and it's hard because you were so young. We were all so young. Did you have any inkling that this was going to be sort of a new genre of daytime TV? Or did you just go in and do your job? Did you have that, like, this is different moment? I think we all had it eventually, but I don't think any of us really knew what was going on. You know, we, we didn't even think it was going to work, to be completely honest with you. Right. So this was kind of Bill Getty's brainchild. And he'd gone to Barbara and he said, let's do this, whatever. And she thought, I'm a, she's like, I am a serious newswoman. I'm not sure, you know, this is going to be good for my reputation. And then she warmed up to it and she thought, no, this is really good. Let's try to do it. And then ABC pushed back. And ABC's like, no, you're a newswoman. We're not going to have you do that. So she and Bill had to push a little bit to get it on the air. So then when they did get it on the air... We had so much to prove to ABC and yeah. to everyone. And Barbara really had to prove herself to them. So we, at the beginning, really early on, thought that the show wouldn't last past like three months. We couldn't get guests. Oh, yeah. We I were, remember all this. We were begging people. Your mom came on. Your mom was awesome. Did. Your mom came on. She saved our butt so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because she knew Barbara. She knew a number of people who worked there. And of course she was going to say, of course I'll be there. Yeah. So um, Tom Selleck was one of the first people. Your mom was one of the first people. Lou Diamond Phillips, obviously Regis. Anyone who was in the building because um, all my children was in the building. So they would just go down the hall and grab Cameron Matheson, which is hysterical. Because I was like, all these years later, here we are hosting Home and Family together. Right. But- it was probably, I would say, about two months in, because Barbara did say to us, ladies, if this show works, you won't be able to walk down the street in New York City. People will be screaming your name. There will be so many imitators. Everyone will try to, to be this show. And we were like, yeah, whatever. We're just kind of out here. It, it, by the way, the show was so different then than what it is now. Yeah. And we were just out there doing like fun segments and, and having, you know, actors and, and comedians and whatever authors on, and we would do lifestyle segments and, and they would send me to jump out of planes. It was so different. So it was probably about two months in 
a month or two, probably two months, because it took a second. And it was we went to Le Cirque for a dinner because Barbara fancy. Always had dinner. She always had yeah, dinner real, at Le Cirque. Real fancy. So we went to Le Cirque for a dinner, and we walked out. It, it was like we were bombarded by people saying, "We love your show." It was it was nuts because we were all together. So when we were together. It was always like right. It was like the the Beatles. Yeah, it was like a, it was a thing. It was a thing. It was, it was a thing. So that next day in the makeup room, we kind of looked at each other and said, I think we have a hit. And then the next weekend, Saturday Night Live started parading us. Yep. And then we were like, okay, we just made it. We made it. How, I mean, and they've done it with me too. It's really hard to watch because you're like, what, what, do I really do that? But then you realize, oh my God, it's a badge of honor. Huge huge and oh my god they tore me to shreds oh yeah they made, fun of me. they made such fun of me but it was hysterical because they clearly picked up on the way that the other women treated me yeah <laughs> I was this kid and I'd just be like hey everybody so I was at a concert last night and they'd be like shut up <laughs> what finally happened there what finally happened did you decide this isn't working for me or did they decide it wasn't working for us or Girl. was it mutual? Oh, mutual. I'm you trying crazy? to ask politely. I'm trying to fine. ask politely. You just tell the people the truth. You, okay. well you were fired. <laughs> <laughs> you were, they said, don't let the door hit Let's you, hit you on the words. ass on the way out. Exactly. Let's not mince words. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was, I guess we're two seasons in. <laughs> and I think, you know, Barbara is the one who, who hired me. It right. was, I was her choice. So I think she was, she saw, oh, look, here's this journalism kid. Cause I was at school at NYU for journalism. She's going to, she wants to be in my footsteps. This right. is lovely. And I really, you know, she was like my fairy godmother. I right. worshiped her and it became like a mother daughter relationship and they can be difficult mother daughter relationships. Yes, they can. Where she would not have been as hard on the other women. That's right. And the other women were more her, you know, contemporaries and they were more her, her age and they were more experienced exactly so she was not going to tell them one way or another they were doing something wrong or they could have done something and said she would add a producer or somebody right with me it was like direct to consumer really she was (laughs) like um no you're doing this wrong you're doing that wrong so it was so much stress and so much pressure and again I was 22 years old living in New York City coming off of working at MTV just graduated NYU. They filmed my graduation and used it for the beginning credits of the show. I mean, I was just figuring out who I was. Right. I mean, that's that's a lot of pressure and being thrust into the public eye and not having, I don't want to say not the support system because you had your family, but not having had enough years in the business that your agent could say, this is normal. That's not, I mean, you didn't have that backup yeah and I didn't understand I didn't get it I was so green so you know she loved me for being young and being um kind of just open and and not being jaded and saying just about anything I think she loved that but at the same time she was also really afraid of it because again what we were doing was a reflection on her in her social circles and with her news people and with her family friends and with ABC executives 
And she was also very worried they were going to cancel the show. So everything we did was just dissected, really. Of course. So I think, you know, after a while, there was, I was in page six one too many times. I had done this one too many times. I'd said something crazy on the show one too many times. And it was a live show, you know? So it's not only you're learning television, you're doing live television. That will prepare you for anything in life, truly. I could do anything right now and it won't scare me. It's not going to intimidate me. I I feel like I could do like a live show and you could throw tennis balls at my head and I'd still be able to speak. Oh yeah. Because when you do something like that, like you learn very fast at sink or swim. By the way, and people are always freaked out by me because I can be having a conversation with you and hear exactly what's going on over here and turn around and answer them and go back and not miss a beat. I know. You want to know why? Because the IFB. IFB. You learn. You're like. People don't understand. You you learn to hear somebody talk to you in the IFB, but you're also listening to someone's interview and you're answering them and you have to kind of give nods to the camera so they know you heard them. And I mean, it is a, it's an interesting dance. Anyway, I mean, there were times where I would say stuff and they would open the key and say the craziest things to me. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Stop talking. (laughs) Huh? I'd say something and Barbara would pinch me under the table <gasps> like I'm in church. She would literally pinch me. Halfway through the first season, they moved my chair because she would pinch me. I would stop talking. Like I was, and people were like, why did she stop talking? Is she stroking out? Like she's in the middle of a sentence. I mean- <laughs> oh my God. You're a survivor. <laughs> I mean, crazy. I think to, I now think, oh my gosh, if that happened in today's day <gasps> and age. Could you it- imagine People don't get it. They don't understand going through the trenches and what we went through and the entertainment business and how you earned your stripes. It wasn't, you didn't whine. You didn't complain. You didn't say, you know, that's, I feel like you're going against who I am as a human. What? Then you, you go get another job. You just hope you, begging you, you to be here. You just hope someone didn't flip a desk over on you. <laughs> like we had shit thrown at us. They did that kind of stuff. Yeah. They would, I remember and, there was a couple I don't want to judge anyone's experience and everyone is entitled to their feelings and validation of their feelings. We weren't. I, I, yeah, we weren't, but I truly believe I mean it in my heart of hearts. I think we're better for it. We're I think we're more resilient. I think we're stronger. I think nothing can shake us. I think we're a tougher generation, generation. for we sure. Are. So you leave, you're escorted from the view. Pretty much. So, so I go, okay. So, so one morning, uh-huh. I go in and I had been at, um, my friends came in from out of town. I wanted to show them a good time because suddenly I just come into large sums of money. So no longer was the electricity being cut off. So I am going to show them a good time on the town, downtown, uh, in the meatpacking district. Do you remember Hogs and Heifers? Uh-huh. Still there? Hmm. Okay. So I make it down to Hogs and Heifers with my girlfriends and we get a little wild. Someone tipped off page six because it was far before we had yes. Instagram and all Twitter and all that stuff. Thank Jesus. Because I would have been much more short-lived if we had all that. Then. We all would have been. So, yeah. So I, um, I guess they wrote in page six that we were down there and acting wild. So I come in the next morning and everyone's sort of cutting their eyes at me. And I'm like, hey, everybody. And like, no one wants to tell me what's going on. And Barbara's like, I need to see you in my office now. I go in there. I'm like, hey, what's going on? It's just like, la, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? I mean, this is so cute. I love your Chanel suit. So she says, you know, I get phone calls from my friends that are keeping tabs on what you're doing. So apparently 
Imus would call her and tattletale on me. Oh my God. I know. Oh my God. Isn't that awful? I know. So that's like the beginning where I thought, oh boy, this is, uh, she's now like basically saying to me, you're on probation. Right. Double secret probation, clearly. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't too much longer after that. It was time for contract negotiations. My contract was going to be up. And Bill, who, by the way, is still one of my dear friends, and we're producing a show together now. So if this is any indication to let people know, like, it really was no hard feelings. Like, yeah, Bill became a henchman, you know, and, yeah. and, and I still love Barbara, and I will always still love Barbara, and I will always defend her till the end. Like, these things happen. People get fired. Who cares? I was not the right fit for them at that moment. Right. And someone had to take the fall because their ratings were, were faltering and they needed to do something in order to boost the ratings. So then they did on-air auditions, which we'll get to in a minute. So right. anyway, I go in there and I see like all this stuff stacked in front of him. And I'm thinking, oh boy, there it is. It's all stacked against me, literally right in front of me. And it was like, <laughs> it was like uh, the, um, articles from from the New York Post it was being on Howard Stern and saying crazy stuff and being on um just everywhere uh, you were everywhere everywhere Conan and I thought oh boy I'm in trouble and I said oh I'm in trouble aren't I and he goes yeah you're in trouble and then he basically breaks it down to me and says we're not going to renew we love you very much. This just isn't a fit. We're not going to renew. And I'm at this point, just like bawling. I'm like, so I, I messed it up before I even got started. I'm like, I had this amazing opportunity and here I am this stupid. At that point I was 24. I'm like here, cause I've been there two years here. I'm this stupid 24 year old who just literally shot herself in the foot and was given the best opportunity in the world. And then they start doing interviews while I'm still there. So they're giving me like three months. And they said, no, we're just going to say that you've decided to go off and spread your wings and blah, blah, blah. So in that three-month period, I started getting really mad. And I started being like, no, I did everything you wanted me to do. I studied. I, I jumped out home. of air- I, had- I jumped out of airplanes. You jumped out of airplanes. You couldn't try to kill me. <laughs> I did like, I, I honestly had a 10 p.m. curfew at one point because they didn't want me going out anymore. So I'd be prepared for the next day. They dyed my hair like khaki because they thought it was too blonde. I woke up in Orbe's chair and my hair was literally like the color of khaki pants. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my, I was wearing sweater sets. I did everything. So, and I, and I started to get upset because I thought you hired me to be me. And all I did was be me. And now you're telling me that's not good enough. And that really hurts. Yeah. So, during this process, they start doing interviews while I'm at the show. That's awesome. So, oh my gosh. So they would walk past my dressing room to go sit down and meet Bill Getty and Barbara. And I'm like, oh, this is sick. This is so mental. Like, at least let me be out of the building. At least organize the meeting when I have left. Could we do that? Nope. So I saw Lisa come by. I saw, and by the way, I'm friends with all of them. Yeah. All of them. I saw every single person walk past. I'm like, well, there's the new young one. There's the <laughs> new me. There's the new me. There she goes. So anyway, needless to say, I was the first one to be voted off the island. And then there were many more to come. I was so, the original survivor. Yes, you were the original survivor. So, but it, in hindsight, do you now realize that being fired from The View gave you a career? It was the best thing that ever happened. 
Isn't that bizarre when that happens? Isn't that crazy? And you know, if there's a lesson here, I would love for anyone who's listening to this to know that sometimes at your darkest moment where you think you have failed, you have not, you have not. It was simply, it was whatever happened was meant to be to get you to the next space or to get you to the next place that you were supposed to be, to get you where you were really supposed to be. Because if I had stayed there, Bill actually talked to me about this the other day. He said, I got to tell you something. The best thing I ever did for you was fire you. And I said, I think you're exactly right. If I was still sitting there, I'd have ended up in a mental institution somewhere. We'll we'll get to that. But did you ever have, did, did you ever have a plan B? I didn't. I never even had a plan A. MTV was the plan. So, but that's also probably one of the liberating things about this. Because I I didn't have any expectations. Yeah. Then I went in and I got hired because I was not trying to do anything except for be me. And I didn't expect to be hired. Then when I was hired and I fell in love with this group of people and they were really my family and they were my friends and it was super fun. And I was really enjoying what I was doing. And then to have the, the rug pulled out from under you so quickly to, to have so much so fast. And then it all taken away was jarring and upsetting. And, and one of the most hurtful things I've ever experienced, but also the best thing. And it prepared me for, for life in general. Like nothing after that could is, is hurtful because you, you get through it and you realize, oh gosh, I'll get through this. I will be okay. And I'll be better for it on the other end. How did it change you? Cause all of a sudden you then have to go back that you're not the star. You're not this, you're one of many on a show like an entertainment tonight or like an E how did, was that a rough transition that all of a sudden you were kind of one of a, a larger group at that point and not singled out? Cause that's, mm. that's jarring as well. Where you yeah, used to, can I get you this? Well. Can I get you that? Here's your beautiful dressing room. Here's this. Do you need anything? And suddenly you're like, you know, ordinary, ordinary. You're one, you're, you're another employee. Yeah, no, I don't think if any, that wasn't as much of a transition for me as it was for me to, um, I started to second guess who I was and who I was as a person. I thought, wait a second, I'm really nice. I love my family. I love my friends. I take care of all the people around me. Why are people being so mean to me? Because everyone jumped on the bandwagon and went to say, oh, dopey Debbie, she's such a dodo bird. But I wasn't a dodo bird. I was 22. Any 22-year-old sitting there would have been doing the same thing. What, was I supposed to sit home and knit? I mean, I was 22, living in New York City. And famous and and rich. Yeah, and and was was not as worldly as the other women. No. I mean, I'm, but do you know what I think, Melissa, probably what saved me in that sense was that I come from an immigrant family. Like, truly, my parents are immigrants. They came to this country with two suitcases and two kids. I was the first person to be born in America in my whole family. So I think like what they have gone through versus what just happened to me, who cares? I'm going to be just fine. And I saw their struggles and I saw how hard they worked to put us all through college and to be successful in their own rights. And therefore, I think that perspective made everything kind of like not as big a deal. 
you know, the media loves to blow everything and, right. and make everything bigger and make everything more important than it really is. When in reality, you know, it's just them blowing smoke up their own asses. Right. When do you think they had that realization? Because none of us have that realization at 22, 24. For me, I, I got it when I, you know, got into my late 20s and I really got it once I had my son. Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, because you get it, but you get it like on the periphery. You understand and you're, you're understanding, yes, and you're growing and you're evolving and you're becoming a woman, really. Yeah. And then when you have a child, it's almost the minute that the child comes out of you. Am I wrong? Like no, literally, you're- and you're like, oh, now I understand the world. Now I understand what, what is important. It all makes sense now. All I, of it. I had a friend who the second they put his son in his arms, he said his first instinct was to call his parents and apologize for every shitty thing he had ever done. Like, and do you remember when I was 16 and I, I, I really was out, I lied and I'm so sorry. You know, he said literally that was his first instinct. It's true. It's true. Being a mom changes everything. It really does. And we could go on and talk about E. Did you, <laughs> E, such a happy place. Um, you're laughing about the girls walking past oh your, your office. When I left E yeah. the second time, not the first time, the second time they gave us bags that had like really nice bags from Claire V. Oh, well, that that's had, shocking. Right, that because... had the Fashion Police logo on it. Right. And all I could think about was, were you giving this for me to pack my stuff up in? <laughs> because that's a hell of a parting gift. I know. It's I mean, yeah, by the way, he was not, they did not have much more class. I mean, they were they, they're even worse than ABC's firing standards. Well... I, 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 as my mother used to say, and I say this with all love in my heart, because if they offered me a job, I'm sure I'd go back. Of is course, my mother, we all would. We all would. That would a bad time there. Yeah. My mother always said, you can't spell cheap without an E. I know. And do you know how many times we've said that? Yes. We used to say that in the halls of E. Yep. And I, I remember. Like, Don't say it. And it's true. It's true. <laughs> Don't spell so cheap, cheap without Another an company. E. Another but, company that was like, you're lucky to be here. Yes. You should pay and I, oh my gosh, how funny was knocked up. That was so accurate. That was so accurate. I felt like Judd Apatow was like, was, had hidden cameras and, and audio devices in our dressing rooms. Cause I'm like, I cannot believe they are actually saying this in this movie. And it is all the truth. Yeah. I used to remember it always made me laugh because you and I would switch positions at all the award shows and at the Academy Awards. And we used to have to climb up that little rickety, stairs yeah. those met up that metal giant grid that they built for all of the sort of second positions to sit exactly. in and you would be coming down and I would be going up I'm like how was it it was good and yeah. you know that that's that's like one of my strongest memories of you my other really strong memory of you was <laughs> when I don't think you were there when I realized I was going to be banned from the Hallmark channel you weren't what? there that day but I do remember you trying to force me to cook and making fun of me during a cooking segment wait, on wait, Home wait, and wait. Family because I was sitting at the, at the bar and you were like, because we would talk about that I can't cook. And you're like, Melissa, what do you like to make? And I'm just like, I hate you. What do I like to make? Reservation. Exactly. Um, 
wait, Melissa, I can't believe you're saying this. I remember now. I remember. Where I, I was promoting no, I, my- Not the cooking. And you brought shot glasses. <laughs> Did you bring shot glasses? And I think a vibrant. No, someone was doing that, and I pit on the show, and I picked up the vibrator and was like swinging it around. And then there was another time I want to say it's when Christina was hosting, and I was promoting my book, uh, my my uh, book of Joan book, and I forget yeah, yeah. what I said, and I didn't know all the Hallmark executives were there, and everyone on the staff and in the crew laughed. I said something about like. I don't know, but I made a joke about Christina, who then cracked up about, like, marrying rich men or something. I don't remember what it was, but it was something like that. And she cracked up, and I look up, and all the executives' faces are just white. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm out of here. You actually said that. I think I. I, I think I said on air. You said that I laughed so yeah. hard. You go. I don't think I'm going to be invited back here, am I? And yeah. You around, I laughed so hard. That was genius. Thanks. You were. You became like one of the classic shows. Yeah. Because I'm family. like, I hear we talk about that. That's it was hysterical. Such a different show. Such a different show. But, but it was you, like also like evolving into like adult humans. Like, well, were you going to keep running around at the clubs and dancing at the beach house? Or at some point, we all evolve and grow up as do our does our audience, right. as do but, the people who are our age. But what I always found so amazing, especially I think because you and I knew each other so long, was you seemed really happy on that show. It was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. And explain to people, because they don't know, you guys shot in an actual house on the Universal lot. So it was very surreal and very bizarre. Yeah, it really was. I mean, they built a house for us. So we shot the show there for 10 seasons. And it really was, Melissa, as you know, because you came, it was like a bubble. Yep. There was a bubble of happiness there. I, coming from... E or Entertainment Tonight or Insider or any of them, even the view we would ask celebrities questions that maybe they didn't want to answer. This was a safe place. There was nothing that I was ever going to ask you that would infringe on your personal life unless you wanted to share it. And that's why everybody loved it. Before I let you go, what, other than being a mom and working all the time like we all do, Thank God. Thank God. What do you do? And your mom would say the same thing. Thank God. God we're, what, we're, we should be so lucky. What is your, hap- what is your, other than being with your child? Yeah. What's your happy place? Oh, Greece. Greece. It, have you been to Greece? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Well, you need to come visit me then because I will. There. And my parents have a house on the beach in Greece. It's a tiny little village called Fanari. Because Fanati means stoplight in Greece and Greek, and there's only one stoplight in the whole village. I love that. So during summertime, it's like 3,500 people, but during off season, it's 750 people. And um, Olympia Dukakis's family is from there as well. And I randomly met one of her um, uncles or one of her like cousins. It looks exactly the guy looks exactly like Michael Dukakis. It was crazy. Anyway, he's in my cookbook. But Greece, it's like there's something about the energy and the air and the vibe and the culture really there's such an ancient culture 
that they're really kind of unaffected by a lot of the things that we're affected by here in the States and in the rat race. And for example, I'll give you this one example of when I went back to Greece, it was right before the pandemic. It was the last time I was there. It was like three years ago. And I was working like crazy. I was doing double duty on home and family and on the insider and going back and forth. And my baby was still, she was only like three at that point. So, you know, busy, busy, busy. And I get off the plane. I look like I've been hit by a truck and Alexandra wants to go get ice cream. And I promised her. And I said, okay, let's go down, walk down the, to the village and just get some ice cream. And my friend, Alexandra is her name, was standing there. She owns the ice cream shop, pregnant as a house. And I'm, you know, look cuckoo. And I'm like, Alexandra, oh my gosh. And I'm talking a mile a minute and telling her how stressed out I am. And oh my gosh, and all that, and all that. And I can't believe, and oh, I can't wait to just chill out. And she's the whole time just looking at me and kind of rubbing her belly while her other three children are frolicking <laughs> just fearlessly on the beach playing soccer with their dad right in front of the Mediterranean Sea. And she says to me, for why? And I'm like, what do you mean? For why you so stress? Why you don't come to Greece this open an ice cream shop? Look at my family. And I was like, wow. If that didn't just kind of sum it up in a nutshell, me, this crazy American girl getting off the plane and she's, she has this wonderful, simple life. And all she says to me is, for why? So that became a thing at home and family. We'd get stressed out and we'd look at each other and go, for why? For why? You know, it's, there's just something that always gets me really grounded and, and at peace when I'm back home. Well, that is amazing. You and I could talk forever. I got through like three of my questions. <laughs> I love you so much. Did you, Did you get my creams? Yes, yes, yes. Promote the They're creams. They're not a joke. Use them. Yes. You have to use them. By the way, I was like, are we promoting the creams? Are we promoting the cookbook? Okay, so get the creams. Say the name of the line. Okay, the name of the line is Ikaria. And by the way, I created this because I have massive skin allergies. And I was tired of spending thousands of dollars on everything. And nothing works. And you go to the dermatologist. And they give you steroid creams and blah, blah, blah. It's amazing. You know, it's amazing. Work, I mean, honestly, I'm not joking. I have, it took us two years and these chemists, these incredible chemists here in LA and you know, what's in it? Olive oil, honey, um, royal jelly, Greek yogurt. Like Ooh, you could use it <laughs> as a topping. Yeah. You could eat it actually. Yeah. You could, you probably could, but it I meant, is so good for your skin and it really works. And no I, joke. No. And I meant to bring it up. I can't believe I didn't even it just, no, I, quite, but, but, right, but, but I, by the way, sure you got it. I have the most sensitive skin and I'm loving it. Yeah, it's, it will not make you break out and your skin will love you. It's going to drink it up. It's yes, so good. I 100% so I just, get the get the, the skincare, get the cookbook. and That's right. It's all good for me. Yep. And GAC. You got to watch me on GAC. So so since Hallmark is overdone, yes. GAC, my old boss from Hallmark, went and started a new network, Great American Country. So it's GAC. And we are now kind of getting the band back together again. Everyone from Home and Family and a lot of the stars from over there have come Candace Cameron Beret. And we're starting a new network of um, kind of, an, a, the network exists, but a new network of online community. And we're all going to have apps. So it's going to be like Home and Family, but you can like click on my face and it's like Debbie on the go. And I'm going to give you tips and tricks and like 
just, it's basically like my Instagram. That is amazing. I didn't even know that because I still think of GAC of when it was sort of the, the, the redheaded stepchild of CMT. See, I didn't know any of this. Yeah, see, I, I knew that from back when I had a boyfriend in the country music business. Oh, interesting. I had no idea yes. about any of it until Bill went over there. And I'm okay. like, what is this? You and I have so much to discuss. Debbie. And yes, and you should come over. Yes. Okay, Debbie, I love you. I adore you. Don't, everyone, if, if Debbie's name is on it, go and do it. Watch it, buy it. Thanks, Deb. A Huda Media Production.